The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. On the run from Batman, Harleen Quenzel ducks into an alley off the main road. Hearing him leaping from rooftop to rooftop, she decides it's time to get off the street. Hopping into a random door, Harley finds herself in what appears to be a regular large office building. That's strange, she muses. I didn't see no office building from the outside. As she starts to weave her way through the ever-shifting catacombs, a figure hovers before her. How are you possibly able to be here unprotected? The hovering figure of Jesse Faden asks. I don't know. Lucky, I guess. Harley responds before lifting her hammer and diving in for a fight. It's Batbiter versus Hiss Spider. It's Arkham Asylum versus the oldest house. It's Harley Quinn versus Jesse Faden. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stekanis. Now, in today's episode, we have a matchup pitting an established insane villain, I mean anti-hero, I mean hero, I guess, versus the protagonist of an equally insane video game. In one corner, you have Harley Quinn making a triumphant return to who would win. And in the other corner, you have a popular character from the video game Control, who IGN voted Game of the Year in 2019. I'm talking, of course, about Jesse Faden. As always, I did the patented who would win Google test just to see how many people have discussed this matchup before. Yeah, and not only, right, not only did I get no results back for the search, but for the first time ever, Google actually put up the following message on the screen. It says, it looks like there weren't any great matches for your search. Try using words that might appear on the page you're looking for. For example, cake recipes instead of how to make a cake. I love it when Google tells me how to do my job. Wow. Thanks, Google. I got this. I've been doing this for a while. Google. Very rude. Get over yourself. Yeah, I know. Congratulations, Bing. Who would win? I'm kidding. We're sticking with Google. 
So, yet again, who would win brings our loyal fan base, the Legion of Audience, another premier geek culture fight. Ray, what are your thoughts in today's matchup? I am, of course, very excited about this matchup. I have to stave off the onslaught of James Gabsey right now, and so I busted into that boardroom. I kicked down the door this week, and I said, look, y'all have been denying me Jesse Faden for two-plus years now on the show. Look, it won ga- Control won Game of the Year in 2019. She is an amazing character with an amazing power set that I would love to talk about. We're going to find an opponent for Jesse Faden. I demand it since I'm up against the wall right now. And, of course, James Gabsey says, how about Harley Quinn? I'm like, well, she's already been on the show before. He goes, yeah, but how about Harley Quinn? I go, she's already won on the show before. He goes, yeah, but how about Harley Quinn? I say, all right, fine, James. We'll do Harley Quinn versus Jesse Faden. The fact that I got Jesse on the show is cool enough. I really do not care who she's facing. James, good luck. You know, that's another example of the intoxicating mind fog at work. Just, you know, the the childlike glee I have and just asking the same question over and over until I get my way. It worked really well. Um, Yeah, kind of surprised it worked this week. But, you know, here's the thing. Your back is really up against the wall. I'm coming off a win streak, three battles in a row. And if, and by if I mean when, I get the victory today. I get to bring on my pick of a combatant next week. We've already kind of mentioned who I, I want, want to it. bring on. It's all good. It's on at this know, point. Right, right. Ray, how are you doing with this kind of pressure? It's three in a row. You're down. This is kind of an interesting matchup. Maybe you're not so confident. What's going on? But it, confidence is not going to be the issue here, James Gabsey. I know deep down I have the better character with the better uh, uh, arguments about to come. All I have to convince is one person, our brilliant judge today, And that's it. I don't have to convince anybody else of anything. And I feel like I've got enough ammunition in my service weapon to get it done. I believe this is the exact same way you you thought in the past three episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Legion of Audience, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. You know, this leads me to a question, Ray. In your opinion, what's the bigger accolade between us for the Who Would Win show? Is it winning an entire season or winning four matches in a row? Well, given that you've won two seasons to my one, and given that I've won four in a row and you've never done it, I would clearly say winning four in a row is the bigger <laughs> feat. Much more impressive, honestly. Clearly. So if I if I somehow don't get that four wins in a row, but I do win the season, you're saying I'm still behind you in overall wins. You're not going to win this season. <laughs> we'll see. Interesting thoughts, Ray. Let's see what today's guest judge thinks about all of this. So making their second appearance on the Who Would Win show, you can see them as Tim Weaver on the mayor of Kingstown on Paramount+. Plus. The dude sitting on the beach asking why he can't wear white after Labor Day in the Twizzlers commercial. Love that one. It's BAFTA-nominated Colt Vaughn from Deathloop and star of Episode 3 of Reclaim Detroit, a Vampire the Masquerade audio drama, which is fantastic, by the way. It's the one, is the only. It's Jason Kelly. Jason, welcome back to Who Would Win. And another one. What's up? I'm back. Thanks for having me. Super excited about this episode on the account that I really don't know who the hell Jesse Faden is. Like, <laughs> it's a great opportunity for me to learn about a character in a video game, which is partially my lane, how dope she is. So because of that, I'm excited to see how y'all put it down, see the arguments you make, figure out which one of you all is the greatest at your craft. You got three in a row versus four in a row tiebreakers might be broke (laughs) and then at the same time there might just be a tie across the board i'm super psyched about it the fact that y'all are on a run two to one 
Two to one in seasons, three in a row versus four in a row. Man, all the cards are on the table. Let's go. Let's go. Jason, I just wish you'd be uh, more excited for these battles we have on the show. The most uh, let's judge I've ever that. seen in the history of who would win, and I'm quite <laughs> honestly here for it. I'll be more subdued from here on out. That's okay. Uh, you know, Jason, uh, we love everything you do. BAFTA nominated, you know, a person should have won at least two to three awards, in my opinion. Tell the Legion of Audience. What's that? I did get one. I got the Arab Game Awards. I think you should have won two, maybe I've, three, I've, possibly eight, but that's just me. But I'm okay. Okay, <laughs> good. So, Jason, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what you've been up to lately. Auditioning a lot. I've been auditioning a lot. And I've been house hunting in Los Angeles. Uh-oh. If anybody knows and has experienced this and wants to just like Venmo, Venmo me like $100,000 at J. Kelly 72, feel free. No, it's it's been intense. It's been fun. I've done a couple commercials this year. Uh, I'm having a great time in that lane. Me, my wife, and my 18-month-old are just living life. You know, you go through your ebbs and your flows career-wise, but I got my family and it's growing all the time and it's having great new experiences all the time. And so as a result of that, I'm up here and it's a pretty great place to be. Now, one of the biggest things that you've been able to do in your career, I mean, yes, BAFTA awards and video game of the year and all of that good stuff. Twizzler ads that get like renewed for multiple years. Look, these are all fantastic feats. Obviously though, the greatest feather in your cap has to be Playing opposite me in Reclaimed Detroit, episode three, we share so many wonderful scenes together in this audio drama. What is it like working with another true master of their craft, me? First, I'd like to thank the Academy of uh, <laughs> Internet Podcasts for this award. I appreciate uh, that Race Decanus cast me in this role, in this uh, podcast. I put forth Beth. I went real deep. I went real deep to find my character. And uh, I just want to let you all know that this is for all the people out there with a voice and wanted to be heard. Yeah. This, this, this right here. I, I, I've had the best time of my career. You have been voted uh, MVP of episode three. It's an impressive feat because, you know, um, I didn't win that. Dude, but see, you wrote it. So you can always <laughs> say I wrote the MVP role, winning role. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take that. And and I will say, uh, having gotten to hear your lines before I recorded mine, because nobody recorded at the same time together for the entire show, believe that. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, hearing what you presented to me and then knowing that I had to step my game up to match it. Down. Oh, yeah, step, oh please. Step down. I had to step my game up about 10 notches to try to meet you. And I can only hope it's out right now, everybody. Episode three. Check it out. I episode three it. check it out uh but i will say right now uh uh, uh you, you you killed it and you, and uh, 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 uh i loved it i loved it all thank you so much all jokes aside i truly do appreciate it for most of you all that know or don't know i'm gonna assume that fifteen thousand followers of y'all don't know ray and i started off in the sketch improv world at ios which is no longer around in hollywood doing a, a topical news sketch show called Big News slash Top Story Weekly. And that's where we became friends and colleagues and homies. And it's great to be remembered and thought of when other creatives go out and do new work and say, yo, who'd be great for this? One of my old people from a sketch show that I don't even think is alive anymore. Nope. So I appreciate it. And whenever I get the opportunity to return the favor, trust me, you got a job. Love to hear it. 
Love to hear that. <laughs> I'm never going to say no. James, for the you might get a job too, bro. I didn't even mention that James Gavsey is also in episode three of Reclaim Detroit. <laughs> I'm just completely glossing over that fact. So, you know, it's fine. That. It's fine. Now, all kidding aside, uh, Reclaim Detroit is amazing, fantastic. And uh, I do actually consider myself very lucky to be a tiny part of something so incredible and really, really well done by Ray Sicanus, who just shines this entire and series. Just this I'm morning, vomiting in my mouth a little bit as I'm saying it, but yeah, it's the truth. Just this Not morning, from- I was thinking of new ways I could torture you on the show, too. So look forward to that. With all that being said, it's about that time. Ray, you know what you got to do. Do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing DC Comics, the villain who says no to ice cream, cake, pies, and all other desserts, because all she wants is pudding, Harley Quinn. And representing Remedy Entertainment, the director who knows what's going on when you close the fridge, Jesse Faden. Pudding. Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match, which are brought to you by Comixology, one of our great sponsors. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. I got to tell you, Ray, I'm not sure if there's more than one version of Jesse Faden, but what version will you be using today? Look, the video game control is excellent. Remedy is one of my favorite video game studios for good reason. Uh, We'll get into that later. Uh, It's got to be the video game version from the game control. I don't need more than that. It's a phenomenal experience. Uh, To win game of the year 2019, you know, by IGN standards anyway, yeah, you got, you know, it's a good game. I'm going for it. It's four in a row. Uh, I'm just going with the comic book version. That is an insanely powerful version. Got a lot of great wins. I got to do what I got to do. All right. Rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store to get your very own Hoodwin merchandise and accessories. Go to hoodwinstore.com to get your hands on some Hoodwin merch right now during this episode. Get lots of it. Just keep buying stuff until we finish the episode and then buy more when you listen to every other episode we may have. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. 
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Jesse Faden. Jesse Faden is the telekinetically gifted director of the Federal Bureau of Control. She was created by Sam Lake and Anna McGill and first appeared in the video game Control back in 2019. The Federal Bureau of Control is a government agency tasked with discovering paranatural objects out in the world, containing them and protecting people from even finding out that they exist. Walking into the constantly shifting headquarters of the FBC in search of her brother is one Jesse Faden. Jesse and her brother came across a paranatural slide projector at the dump when they were much younger and have been on the FBC's radar since then. Ultimately, a very weird game. Control tells the story of Jesse becoming the director of the FBC, cleansing several paranormal objects, and battling the mind-controlled minions of the Hiss. It's an interdimensional essence which mind controls and, and works through people. The Hiss was first brought to the world through the aforementioned slide projector. Fun fact, you may not have heard of the creative director of Remedy Entertainment before, but chances are good that you've seen him. Yes, Sam Lake is the creative force behind such games as Control, Quantum Break, and Alan Wake. But earlier on, he worked on a title named Max Payne. And not just that, he gave his likeness to the iconic character in the game. So when you saw Max Payne jumping and shooting and dodging, that was in essence the writer himself doing all of the moves. To express that point further, this would be as if George R.R. R. Martin climbed on the back of a dragon and torched all of King's Landing. Spoiler alert. And that is Jesse Faden. Uh, spoiler came too late. Well done, Ray. Okay, here are the details for Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm and first appeared in the classic Batman the Animated Series episode The Joker's Favor back on September 11th, 1992. Harley Quinn was born in Canarsie, Brooklyn, New York, the oldest of four children and the only girl. Harley Quinn, born Harleen Quinzel, known to most as the Joker's girlfriend, was once a talented psychiatrist who came from a broken home that would naturally lead one to be a little bit insane and violent. After falling in love with Gotham's clown prince of crime, she jumped into the same corrupting chemicals that made the Joker who he is and simply had her skin bleached white and her sanity pushed over the edge and formed a partnership of sorts with him. But after years of being treated as more of a sidekick than a partner, never mind the abuse she put up with, Harley was eventually convinced by her close friend Poison Ivy to dump him and set out on her own. So she ditched the old costume, became Gotham's new premier supervillain, then antihero, to full-blown hero, kind of with some antihero tendencies, Harley Quinn. And here's an interesting fact about Harley Quinn. Did you know that Harley Quinn was inspired by a daytime soap opera? It's true. When one of the show's creators, that was Paul Dini, was developing the character of Harley Quinn, he was watching an episode of daytime soap opera Days of Our Lives. He watched an episode where Arlene Sorkin's Calliope Jones Bradford is in a dream sequence dressed as a court jester. Thus, Harley Quinn was born. Dini decided to draw his, his inspiration from the sequence for Harley Quinn, not only implementing her personality in the role, but asking Arlene Sorkin herself 
to voice the character. The soap opera actress has since played Quinn on and off for almost 20 years before retiring in 2011. Harley Quinn was only supposed to be a brief addition to the Batman the Animated Series, and lo and behold, she became a fan favorite. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Jason, do you have any questions before we get started? Mm-hmm. Y'all laid out the facts, the figures, and information of the day. Let's rock. Ray, please proceed with your point number one. Point number one for Jesse Faden. I want to talk about her equipment that she brings with her. And by equipment, I mean the one weapon that she has at all times. It's called the service weapon. Now, part of the whole deal with the game of control is that there are these objects that essentially get possessed by a spirit from another dimension. They represent normal household objects and they can do like really, really crazy interdimensional things. Like for example, there's a fridge, there's just a regular old fridge and it has to have somebody looking at it at all times. If some, if it's ever not being watched, it's going to open up and then like Pandora's box is going to come out of it. So they actually take shifts at the oldest house, which is the, the, the house where the federal bureau is. And then they look at it and they just sit there for eight hours and look at it. And then the next person comes in and they look at it. And uh, we find out what happens if you look away. You take a lot of damage. It's it's really rough. My point is, this is the world that she inhabits. It's a crazy world. So if there's anybody ready to face a crazy character like Harley Quinn, it's got to be Jesse Faden. But let's talk about her weapon. It's called the service weapon. And it's a, it's a pistol. It represents a pistol. But it's an object of power that's tied to the astral plane because it's actually a sentient weapon that's constantly shifting and morphing as she wills it to be. In other hands, it's represented uh, Mjolnir or Excalibur or any kind of a a powerful weapon. But in the age of guns, because it's been around since the 1600s, in the age of guns, it now represents a gun. So when she holds it, she becomes the uh, bureau director of the Bureau of Control. If you own the gun, you are the director. And the reason that is is because the, the test of it is you pick up the gun and immediately the gun puts itself to your temple and either kills you outright by shooting you in the head if you're unworthy, like Mjolnir, or it doesn't shoot you, in which case they're like, you're worthy, you're the director, you tell us what to do from this point forward. So one thing is, if she ever got disarmed of this service weapon and Harley Quinn tried to shoot it, Harley Quinn is gone. She's going to get blown away by her own weapon because she's not going to understand that that's its deal. Now, because it's a sentient weapon, it reloads itself automatically, uh, which means that she never has to worry about running out of bullets because it's kind of shooting matter. And it takes several forms. It takes the form of grip, which is a standard powerful pistol shot. It takes the form of shatter, which is a shotgun so it can hit a very wide area. Uh, Spin, which is an assault rifle. She can shoot a heck of a lot of firing all at one time. Pierce, which actually uh, shoots and then blows out walls. It can hit people behind cover. So if Harley Quinn feels like she's getting a little bit overwhelmed, tries to take cover, switch over to the Pierce, boom, and then destroys the wall. She's in trouble. Charge which is an explosive shot. So think of it like it shoots something uh, and then shoots out and then a massive explosion happens because she's got to kind of hold back and wind it up and wind it up, takes the shot, big explosion. And then finally, one called Surge, which fires grenades, up to three of them, which are sticky. So it shoots the grenade, it sticks to a person if it hits them, a wall if it hits it, and then Jesse can control when those grenades go off after the fact. So she could shoot the grenades in a certain area uh, urge Harleen to uh, go towards that area, blow out that area, and Harley Quinn's going to be in deep trouble. Now, the thing I know about Harley Quinn, as far as weapons go, she uses a lot of what baseball bats, mallets, hammers, that kind of a deal. She needs to be in close, whereas Jesse Faden hits you from a distance with a service weapon, and I don't think Harley's faced anything like this kind of a weapon coming at her that can change forms 
based on the situation. And that's my point number one. Interesting that you lead off with that because that's a really cool weapon. Um, you know, that it's basically like changes based off what uh, the user wants to accomplish at that time. It's very integrated with what the user wants to do. I'm assuming it's also very fast, very responsive, really cool weapon, which sounds exactly what Harley Quinn has actually faced a number of times before. There's that character. I, I, the name is kind of eluding me right now, but we saw them in the second Suicide Squad. That's an actual character that uh, Harley's dealt with in the comic books who's able to take out a weapon and whatever he needs that weapon will materialize in his hands. So she's got that kind of experience. She's also dealt with characters like Deathstroke, who have tons of weapons on him that are all insanely powerful. That may not change his hands, but he's got everything that you're talking about, plus a lot more. When it comes to firearms, DC Comics, the DC Comics universe has a ton of people who have a ton of firearms of all types, explosives, lasers, lightning, everything you can think of, grenades, sentient guns, all that kind of good stuff. She's encountered before. She knows all about it. She knows how to deal with it. I do love that mention of the fridge where if you don't look at it, bad stuff happens. Um, my kids were like that for a long time. But the <laughs> cool part is that she's, he's got this gun. She's got this gun. I'm not saying it's not powerful. I'm not saying it can't do damage. But I also am saying it's not something that Harley Quinn, Quinn hasn't seen and dealt with and overcome quite a few times. Okay. With all that being said, it's an interesting start. Let me get to my point number one. Let's talk about just the basics of Harley Quinn, the way she's presented in the comic books. Now, before Harley Quinn became Harley Quinn, she was a brilliant psychiatrist. Uh, I believe she's also uh, listed as an Olympic-level gymnast, at the very least a super high-level gymnast. That is your base uh, of Harley Quinzel. And then she became Harley Quinn, so she became a great fighter, questionably insane, but somehow it just enhanced her intelligence. She became an amazing fighter. That was even a challenge for Batman. She was fast enough to dodge bullets and her acrobatics, agility, and reflexes and able to defeat superhuman opponents. And this is insane because, again, it's a human being, highly intelligent, gifted physically, all that kind of good stuff, but quite capable. And all of that changed because she became superhuman thanks to her friend Poison Ivy, who gave her this cool concoction that permanently gave her superhuman abilities and powers, such as she now has super strength, where she can rip a large palm tree out of the ground and swing it easily like a baseball bat with one arm. She's got super speed where she's so fast, she can dodge lightning and missiles. She's got super agility where she can jump across rooftops of skyscrapers. You know, that's crazy far. Super reflexes. She's got a healing factor. She gets shot with a bullet. Guess what? She heals up super, super fast from that now. She's got an immunity to all toxins because, you know, why not? She has super stamina and an enhanced physiology, which means she's got a more efficient metabolism, better eyesight, better accuracy. She can fight for a much longer time at peak which is really, really crazy. She's also immune to sleeping gas, mind control, poisons, and tranquilizers. Her durability, this is really cool, has also increased significantly. In fact, she's one of the hardest people to knock out. She has survived massive explosions, massive trauma to her body. Her insanity is kind of what keeps her going because most sane people would be like, please just pass out. Don't let me keep taking this. Her insanity is like, ah, I'm going to keep going because I really want to beat this person. She'll keep going and not quit. And because of that, she also has a superhuman tolerance to pain. Now, let's kind of talk about her fighting ability. So since she's gotten superpowers, she's also gotten a huge upgrade in her fighting abilities. How? Well, uh, I found out she trained with the Amazons. You know, Wonder Woman's people who specialize in combat. That's their thing. She trained with them for quite some time, became an even more badass fighter, according to the Amazons. When you can hit that level where Amazons are like, you're a badass fighter, you are indeed a badass fighter. Uh, she's got a killer instinct that's really second to none. When it's time to tear someone apart, this is really cool. She has no problem, air quotes, 
going there. She has a super high kill count, but it's somehow tempered by some type of moral compass sometimes. I think that's what makes her so interesting, is that moral compass might be on, might be off, but she will decide what is best for that situation. At the end of the day, if she needs to take someone out horribly and horrifically, while she's smiling, laughing, having a great time, not a problem for it. And by the way, she's even a smarter psychoanalytic genius than she was before. Now she can use her psychoanalysis to manipulate her foes during the actual fight. More on that later, because that's going to come into play. All of that is my point number one. Very interesting way to lead it off. Of course, I have some other things to say. You know, she has dealt with characters who have had different kinds of weapons before. But of course, one big thing about those encounters is that Harley Quinn know, knew who these people were ahead of time. You know, there were nobody having any surprises. If she goes into a random encounter not knowing who Jesse Faden is and starts getting shot at with a pistol, there's no logical reason why she would expect that pistol to suddenly turn into an explosive firing shot or a shotgun or anything like that. She might think she has a handle on it, but she will be taken surprised by that. Another thing that I would say is in the character of Harley Quinn, when she fights other women like Jesse Faden is, she tends to hold back, especially at first. She tends to, against characters like Poison Ivy, she doesn't want to fight them against a character named Punchline. Punchline was the person who stepped in and dated the Joker when uh, he kicked Harley Quinn to the curb, and she got into a fight with Punchline. Who won that initial encounter? Punchline won that initial encounter, slashed her throat. She had to you know, back away from the fight and come back to fight another day, and that's because she was holding back. When Harley Quinn fights a fellow uh, woman, Harley Quinn does not give her all, at least in the first encounter. Got to disagree with that, but we'll get into that more later. Let's give you multiple examples of it, but you know, whatever, James, you, you just say, no, I don't think so as much as you want to. I'll keep bringing truth. Uh, just like pulling a race to Canis. That is not the case at all. Race to Canis. Sorry. I'm trying to imitate racing hands, but let's go to our judge, Jason Kelly. You've heard points one from both Ray and myself. Where is your head at so far with this battle? And I tell you, fellas, um, you bring each of you bring up fantastic points about these stellar, hero slash anti-hero women in the video game and game and uh, comic world. We all know who Harley Quinn is. You say her name and it's a synonymous uh, with devastation and destruction and insanity as Beyonce's is with singing like an angel. So we can't deny how, 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 how much we know about her abilities and her prowess. Um, you, the, the point about her, uh, Growing up in a family of, you know, mostly boys and surviving that and jump arbitrarily choosing to jump into the Joker tank. These are these are things that, you know, just you volunteer to become crazy. That's saying a lot about your character and who you are. Then you go down the road and you start looking at the fact that she's dealt with variable weapons and she's overcome them. But, you know, it, has superpowers, strength, reflexes, all of these things that make her even more formidable physically, along with her psychological prowess, which she has. Uh, and basically, when you when you hit us with the batter, she's a badass, according to the Amazons. It really gives so much credence and credibility to the power and the prowess of our pigtailed anti-heroine. And it makes it kind of challenging and tough for me to decide uh, oh, what way we should go. Then we flip the script. Go to Jesse H Faden. Never heard of Jesse Faden. First time finding out about it. But you got to be a bad one to be the telekinetic who's the director of the Federal Bureau of Control. This is a government agency that nobody's ever heard of. Like, 
She's dealing on the dark web of level of life. And we don't know who she is and what she's able to do, but you got to be a badass to get to that level. And she goes out and finds people and then controls other badass people. Ooh, that's 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 a lot. Like this is a woman that probably could control a Batman who's a vigilante who basically just goes through everything that's in his way. The fact that she's got a weapon, the, ser- the service service weapon that adapts to any situation that she's in and decides how devastating and violent it needs to be to uh, do away with this uh, opponent that she's facing. Very, very tough. You know, but at the same time, it makes me question, you know, she's fighting Harley at a distance, but if Harley's able to get in close contact and get rid of Jesse's weapon, then what happens? But again, you got to get close enough to her to find out. So, you know, right now I don't have an answer, but I got a lot of more information and data and, and I'm starting to try and formulate a few things. So I'm still waiting to hear those, 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 I'm still waiting to hear those bits of information that just is the death knell of this argument. You're doing a deep analysis. This is why I like having Jason on the show because he really weighs everything. And I mean everything down to the smallest detail. All right, I'm excited. Ray, go ahead and hit us for your point number two. Point number two for Jesse Faden. Let's get into the meat of who she is as a character as far as powers and ability goes. Because I just brought up her basic weapon, which is one of the greatest weapons I've had in a video game. It feels good. It does a lot of damage. But the real meat and potatoes of Jesse Faden is her telekinetic ability. And you talked about the Amazons respect Harley Quinn. Wonder Woman dispatches Harley Quinn without a problem pretty much every single time that they've faced. Really doesn't have a problem. You know why? Harley Quinn doesn't like to fight women. I'll say it again. Wonder Woman beats her up, gains respect, I guess, but it's not like she's got a ton of wins over Wonder Woman. That's just not something that happens. Now, talking about telekinetic skills, she has telekinetic powers, which means that she can uh, kind of summon the uh, energy around her and take objects and throw them around. She can take people, lift them up in the air, fling them against walls. She can take uh, uh, the gun or the weapon out of somebody's hand, pick it up, and then fling it back at them. She can take pieces of rock uh, around her, just like rip off pieces of cement from the wall and throw it at people. And we're talking about giant boulders. We're talking about forklifts. At one point, she gets powerful enough that she can use telekinesis on three different objects at the same time. In that, she used three different forklifts, each one weighing about four tons. And she's able to pick those up and throw them in any direction that she wants to. Now, just picking up Harley Quinn and ragdolling her around the room is absolutely on the table. You say, can Harley Quinn make up the distance? Well, not really. Not if she can just get picked up and ragdolled with her mind, which is a thing she does to enemies all throughout all of control. Not to mention picking up large, heavy objects and just throwing them at her one after another after another. And if she does happen to get in close somehow, Jesse Faden can channel that kind of energy into her melee attacks and essentially hit with a very, very super concussive force that knocks like concrete pillars over and shatters walls as she hits it. She can literally find areas in the game by riling up a melee attack that just blows out walls. That's the level of concussive force she hits with in hand-to-hand. Also, if something gets thrown at her, if something gets hit at her, she can also use this telekinesis to pick up all the objects of debris around her to create a shield that protects her from any of that. And she can just tone it down and throw a launch to the next power pretty much whenever the heck she wants to. Additionally to all of this, she can fly. 
Now, I'm not going to say she's a super experienced flyer like Superman, but she can hover up in the air and take herself up 20, 30, 40 feet in the air where melee attacks will not work on her, and she can continue to use other telekinetic powers while she hovers in the air. Now, there is a limitation to it. She does have to come down eventually after a short period of time, but the idea being if Harley ever gets close, all she's got to do is just whoop, 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 straight up in the air, take the high ground, and just continue shooting with the service weapon and throwing telekinetic stuff at her until Harley Quinn goes down. Harley Quinn is good at dodging. She can't dodge forever, and eventually one of these things is going to hit home. And that's not even the best part. As far as people like shooting at her and whatnot goes, she can catch bullets as well as rockets shot from RPGs, use her telekinesis, and throw them back at the person who did it. So if Harley has any kind of a long-range attack, it's going to be knocked down fairly easily by Jesse. The last thing to mention here is mind control. Now, it doesn't just work on anybody. She can't just look at somebody and say you're mind-controlled. But if they are weak in spirit or weak in health, as in lowered down, Jesse Faden will absolutely have the ability to take over your mind. So she can beat down Harley Quinn enough. She doesn't need to finish her off with death or anything. All she has to do is just look at her, take over her mind, and walk her right off the battlefield for a win. Effectively, control is basically the Jean Grey from the X-Men simulator. That's who Jesse Faden is. The greatest comp- comparable character is Jean Grey, who later became, of course, Dark Phoenix. That's the level of power that we're talking about against Harley Quinn. At the end of the day, you got to see how the telekinetic superstar is easily going to take this day. And that's my point number two. I just hope I have an example, maybe two, maybe three examples of Harley Quinn easily fighting and then beating other women in fights. I don't know. Maybe I'll have it. Maybe I won't. Okay, let me kind of dispute a couple of points here. First of all, she's a powerful telekinetic. To say she's like in comparison to possibly Marvel's most powerful telekinetic is not quite true. And the way I can see that is because she's nothing compared to Martian Manhunter. She's nothing compared to other characters who do use a lot of telekinetic power. I'd say she's probably um, a strong force user from Star Wars, like in terms of that kind of telekinetic power. Not the top. She's not a Darth Vader, but she's definitely you know, from beginning to midway there. Uh, in terms of, let's see, what she can do and hold herself up in the air and all that, we had a previous battle on who would win. It was Yoda versus Batman. And what I argued with Batman is that, sure, he may be held, you know, pinned or here or whatever, but he's got so many different weapons that he can still use while being pinned. I'll explain how Harley Quinn can do the same thing. Not going to be a problem for uh, her whatsoever. And finally, mind control, as I said before, doesn't work on Harley Quinn. On top of that, her willpower is so strong, she actually wielded one of the Red Lantern rings, which where you need insanely strong willpower just to do that anyway. She's got the willpower and can't be mind-controlled, so I just don't think that's going to be a, a, a factor for her. Let me get to my point number two, and let's talk about Harley Quinn's weapons. Now, this is really cool because a lot of people associate just one thing with her, but she actually has an array of things on her at all time. So, for example, she's got her laughing gas, which is an improved version of the Joker, uh, Joker Venom. And she's got knockout gas that's super powerful. She created both of them, by the way. She is that smart. And thanks to Poison Ivy, she's also now immune to both of those things. She doesn't need to wear gas, but she's fine to inhale all of that. So she can do that up close or in a big area uh, of attack. Not a big problem for her at all. Uh, Fun fact, the laughing gas works by triggering the parts of the brain to make the person start laughing uncontrollably until they suffocate. Is this something? Can she breathe in some gas that's going to either knock her out or make her laugh uncontrollably, uncontrollably until she hits the ground? this could happen. This is an uh, easiest scenario to see. Let's see. The knockout gas, again, that knocks you unconscious. However, it's strong enough to work on, wait for it, 
Wonder Woman within seconds. And just to remind you, Wonder Woman is one of those powerful characters and also all of DC Comics. By the way, I don't know if you got this in the name. She's also a woman that Harley Quinn has fought. She's also Harley Quinn's idol. Harley Quinn worships. She fan girls all over Wonder Woman, and she still had to fight her fight willingly and took her out. Let's see. She's also developed a number of ways to deliver either both of these gases. You've got your flower building that. You've got, uh, it could be grenades that she throws or through a small gas bomb she can drop near someone or far away without them noticing. And the great part is that these gases can take out, again, superhumans like Wonder Woman. And as I just mentioned, uh, Deathstroke also got taken out. And also another character, Poison Ivy, uh, has, you know, succumbed to some of these gases as well. She's got her pop gun, which is this oversized revolver she always carries. It looks really comical, but it's really cool. This pop gun can shoot explosive rounds, gas, either laughing gas or knockout gas, regular bullets. Wow, that's crazy. And super strong binding confetti. So like she can shoot it and all of a sudden they're wrapped up in this confetti kind of thing going on. That's pretty cool. And if that was enough, she's even got a red boxing glove she can shoot out of it um, because that's the thing. She's got her oversized patent pending mallet. I love this thing. She can use it as if it were like a really cool martial arts weapon these days because not only does she have complete mastery, you got to remember she's got this super strength enhancement now. So she can whip this thing at super strength, super speed, and make just this, you know, hit insanely, insanely powerful. Uh, this is something that even Shazam felt when he got hit by it, Shazam being a Superman-class uh, superhero. She's got acid flowers that squirt out uh, acid. She's got electric buzzers that act like a super, super powerful taser if she does get close enough to her opponents to use them. She's got smoke bombs to help her disappear from sight and reappear in some type of advantageous position to her opponent. She's got a rocket pogo stick that comes out of nowhere. Don't know where she's got it. Not going to be asking. And this pogo stick, again, with rockets on it, allow her to bounce, move, travel at ridiculous and impossible angles. Also allow her to move even faster than already cool super speed and able to move. And without the pogo stick, she's already insanely hard to hit. With it, it's nearly impossible. But the most dangerous weapon she has of all is her mind. Now, unlike Race to Canis, Harley Quinn decided to pursue developing her intellect after she finished college. She didn't just stop there. And as a result... She can now analyze and read her opponents almost instantly. And if need be, this is really cool, she can come up with the exact way she needs to talk to that opponent in order to distract them from their true intent or figure out what their weakness is or figure out what they're trying to accomplish or just position wherever they want to go. She can push any psychological button any way she wants. Remember, she is a highly intelligent and gifted psychoanalyst and can figure you out any way she wants. Now, this is really cool. There's something in criminal psychology called the interview. And this is where a criminal, whatever type of criminal you can think of, is going to look at you from a distance. And the interview is not really there. It could be spoken. It's usually from a distance. And they're going to analyze what you're up to. Are you an easy target? Are you a hard target? Whatever that is. Harley Quinn can do it better than anybody else. She all, It's also a master of observing body language in order to tell what's really happening with you during a fight. Remember, your body language will reveal more about you than what you're actually saying. Keep in mind that she figured out and also outthought the Joker and his methods and his motivations and as random, chaotic, and ever-changing as they were, she figured this all out. If she can read the Joker and figure him out, she's going to read Jesse Faden super fast and come out on top. That's my point number two. I mean, you say she's read the Joker and figured him out, but he gets over on her pretty much every single time they fight. I mean, like, she always holds back against him and he plays her heartstrings and he... Every time I've seen it, he plays her. So I don't know where you're talking about. She plays him when they meet. When? And he's compared Jesse Faden to a force user. Okay, I guess. Do you think Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to hit this battlefield and have a problem with Harley Quinn and her pop gun and red boxing glove? 
He, I don't think so. My man's got a lightsaber and the force push. And I think that enough should be enough to take out Harley Quinn, quite honestly, because I still haven't heard a way that she closes the distance against somebody who can ragdoll her with her mind. At the end of the day, Harley has fought a character named Booster Gold. I'm not going to argue that uh, uh, Jesse can necessarily match some of Booster Gold's feats, but the whole point is he's got a force field. Great. That's great. He's got um, uh, um, a blasts that he can shoot out. A lot of this is very similar to what Jesse can do. And yes, she's gotten close to killing him a couple times. When she caught him off guard from behind, he wasn't expecting a fight. But when he's decided we are fighting, he's taken care of her easily every single time with just overwhelming force. And in the who would win battle, we're not stopping and we're having a conversation across a dinner table first. We are getting into a fight. So when it comes down to two characters who now must fight, overwhelming force beats Harley Quinn every time. And that's what Jesse Faden's going to bring one, two, and three before anything else happens. We're kind of going with, you know, experience versus power versus levels. I mean, this is actually a really interesting fight. I'm actually kind of excited about this. Okay, we're at the turning point. We're after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Jason tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Jason has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today's patron of the week is Tennyson Cole, brand new to the Patreon. Tennyson, welcome. You are loved here. You're loved here, but we uh, have to put you a trial by fire. And there is no one more dastardly, more evil, more hated in my household than this character. Go ahead. Let's see how you fare going up against Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. Well, Peppa Pig, this is going to be a really rough battle. Because one thing you got to understand about Peppa Pig is she always finds a way to win. Peppa Pig is somebody who it doesn't matter if her brother George has lost his teddy. They'll go to the lost and found. They'll go to the police station. They will go and find, oh, not the teddy, the dinosaur. Excuse me. Rawr. They'll find the dinosaur up in a tree if they have to. Peppa Pig is going to jump in muddy puddles. Peppa Pig is going to win fights. But Tennyson Cole has a very important ability here, and he has the ability to block off cuteness factor from any kid's television show that he comes across. So if you if you come across the screen and you bring Barney the dinosaur, he has the ability to change that channel. If you come across and bring uh, James's favorite Caillou, he has the ability <laughs> to knock that right off. So when Peppa Pig hits the screen, Tennyson Cole steals himself, feels the strength inside, and just turns it off. Tennyson Cole beats Peppa Pig with willpower. I did not see that coming, but it all makes sense. All right, congratulations. That, that, that was incredible. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Jason, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Right now, Ray is ahead. Mm. Ray makes really strong arguments about the power of telekinesis over an adversary who fights on a phys- almost entirely on a physical level. At this point, James, you are going to have to convince me that somehow or another the great, amazing, pigtailed princess of blue and pink can or red can somehow overtake these powers that Jesse has and get into close enough contact with her 
to take her out and win this match. Interesting. That is a tall order indeed. You're close. You're really close. I'm just waiting for that one little nugget that makes me go, ooh. Mm. Gotcha. All right. Ooh, my work is uh, cut out for me. All right, Ray, go ahead and hit us for your point number three. Point number three, and when we bring it home, we just have a whole lot of different things to bring up about the story of Jesse Faden. First off, in combat situations, Jesse is an advantage against Harley Quinn because she's always on the move. If Jesse holds still for too long and stays in one place, she gets bombarded from all sides by all of these hiss agents that are coming at her and these like alternate uh, dimensional kind of spirit demons. There's all kinds of crazy monsters that she faces. So one thing that she keeps in mind is she's always moving. She's always hovering. She's always going to different levels. She's always finding a good vantage point to take out her opponent. So it's not like Harley Quinn could just run up on her because she's always moving all the time. Now, as far as what's going on in her head, there is a spirit from another dimension called Polaris. When she found that uh, slide projector with her brother, it actually ended up turning the entire town evil and everybody died. And her brother was taken into custody, and that's why she went to this place in the first place to try to get him back. She was very, very young at the time. I think she was about 12 years old, unless I'm remembering it incorrectly. And she survived this encounter. Why? Because this spirit from another dimension called Polaris went inside of her, essentially, and to kind of like share a brain together, and it, and it could keep her out of trouble. It gave her the source of her powers. Polaris, for whatever reason wants her to keep going and keeps imbuing her with the power she needs to keep winning and take over the Bureau of Control. It's an otherworldly residence, and it tells her what to do if she's a little bit confused. That's how she managed at such a young age to get out of that situation. Now, as far as what she's fought, Harley Quinn's fought a little bit of everybody. She usually has to take people by surprise. In a one-on-one, we're both fighting combat encounter. Harley tends to lose those battles. She has to use her guile and hit people before they even know a battle is happening. Not the case here. Whereas Jesse walks into the lion's den and whoops up on the lion over and over again, except instead of the lion, these are giant paranatural monsters that represent a creatures from your nightmares over and over again, using a variety of powers against her. So she's fought a creature called the anchor, which essentially forced her to float around from platform to platform and take large objects and throw them at secret points on this giant monster that was attacking her while other minions were attacking her at the same time. She fought a character named Salvador. Salvador put up a shield in front of himself and relied on foot soldiers coming from all directions to shoot missiles and weapons and assault rifles, and they were all possessed, so none of them really seemed to feel any pain. And they were just coming after her, and she had to work through the minions and then get to the guy who was constantly shielding himself with debris and whatnot and find a way through that. The point is, compared to the people she's normally fighting, Harley Quinn ain't no thing. Harley Quinn is just one person. Heck, at one point, she fought a character in a mirror dimension called Essage, which is Jesse backwards. She fought a mirror clone of herself and was able to overcome somebody with all of her own powers. If she can do that, how is Harley Quinn going to hang here? I just don't see it. And the big thing that she's got going for her that other characters against Harley do not is one, she's got uh, Polaris in her head, uh, which would basically shut down any attempts of brainwashing. The Hiss wins by brainwashing people and converting them. Other characters in the universe, if they're going to stay good, have to wear this device on them to tune out the frequency. Polaris does that naturally. So nothing Harley Quinn's going to say is Polaris is not going to let her fall prey to any stupid things that Harley Quinn would try to get her to do through talking. She also deals with unexpected situations very well. The building that the Bureau of Control is in is called the Oldest House. 
It's been around since I believe like the 1600s and it's constantly shifting and mapping around you and always changing. You might go here to one corridor, you turn around and now it's a wall behind you anymore. And she worked her way through this house and defeated all the monsters inside of it. So unpredictable things are nothing to Jesse Fade. She just keeps powering her way through them one after another. In fact, there's one thing called the ashtray maze, which is essentially a psychedelic experience in the form of a video game where she's rolling through this entire maze and walls and everything's turning upside down and floating around her and she's working her way through all the corridors while she's fighting minion after minion after minion and works her way to the inside of the maze. It's one of actually the greatest video game uh, sequences in history. I just wanted to put it out there because it was so good. At the end of the day, unpredictable things, not anything for Jesse Faden, and Harley Quinn on one-on-one battles isn't ready for a character like this who's going to bring her down, and that's my point number three. You know, a lot of interesting facts here, and I, I like how you're glossing over some stuff real quick. Let me kind of rebut a little bit here. Uh, first of all, Harley, Harley Quinn does win a ton of battles against insanely powerful people where she's not expecting to get into a fight in the first place. She's just caught completely by surprise. Like, how am I going to deal with this? She figures it out and overcomes. That's what she's known for. That's possibly why she's also so popular. Uh, and I'll get into that more in my point number three. And, you know, we were talking about Polaris. We were talking uh, a few episodes ago with Moon Knight and that godlike being who could talk to him and all that. And I remember, Ray, you were like, well, that's outside interference. And, da, da. and I was trying to claim that's part of the character. And just like here, I think Polaris is part of the character. You can't have one without the other. So I'm going to say I'm absolutely cool with that. But with that being said, according to the game, Jesse's still caught by surprise and still gets damaged and still has issues within the game. Because if she didn't, it would just be a horrible game to play. You would just walk right through and be absolutely fine. So Harley Quinn can surprise her because she has been surprised before. She's also been hurt. She's been damaged. She's been killed. That's just part of the video game play. She's not immortal, which also is kind of cool too. And finally, Harley Quinn is the definition of unexpected and not knowing what the heck you're going to be facing. She's going to look at Harley Quinn and go like, well, there's a little bit of crazy there. I get it. And Harley Quinn's going to be like, okay, she's floating in air. Things are flying around. I get it. Who's going to figure out who quicker? And that's not including Harley Quinn's ability to kind of read her presence, read her body language and understand what she's dealing with. And that's all cool part. So let me get to my point number three. And hopefully this answers a lot about what Jason's looking for. Let's go over some fighting experience. And again, Harley Quinn lives in a much bigger, much more dangerous universe with beings who have powers and abilities similar and sometimes much greater and way more dangerous than what Jesse Faden has. Now, she's faced off and outsmarted gods, supernatural beings, cybernetic opponents, aliens. She's faced off against beings with telekinesis, abilities that are similar, and weapons very similar to Jesse Faden's. I've already established that. So who has she beaten? Again, she beat the Joker. She outthought him, outmaneuvered him, and beat the Joker at his own game. You know, that is kind of crazy when you think that someone can beat someone who's that crazy. Uh, this is someone who thinks out of the box. Harley Quinn can figure out anything and then come out on top. She can come up with a plan super, super fast. And I'll kind of show you what I mean in a second. She then beat the Joker with his new sidekick character called Punchline. We mentioned that. Did she get a lot sure? But she actually also beat both of them at the same time. She's beaten Nightwing. She beat her idol in seconds, Wonder Woman. Again, Wonder Woman is my favorite, one of my favorite characters from DC Comics. You know, someone who can kill Superman. If Superman ever goes rogue, Batman's like, good thing we have Wonder Woman here to take her out and hopefully some kryptonite if needed. Wonder Woman is insanely powerful. And also Harley Quinn worships Wonder Woman, worships the ground she walks on. She took her out. She beat her. And, you know, that was all good. Let's see. She beat Booster Gold in the fight. And this is straight up. Now, Ray, you brought up a really interesting point. Booster Gold has similar abilities with his, you know, uh, tech from the future, his force fields and all that kind of good stuff. 
And the second time when he understood what he was facing, he can kind of start making things more even, even come out on top. But that is the second time. And that's the problem when you face Harley Quinn. You have no idea what you're expecting right away. You're going to be caught by surprise. The second time you face off, you're like, I'm not taking any chances. I'm shutting her down right now. Great. But this is a first time encounter neutral location. No prior knowledge whatsoever. Let's see. She beat uh, Batman. That's pretty crazy. Now, a person who beats Batman, someone who's prepared for in that previous knowledge war, and the Joker kind of puts you in elite territory. And at the very least makes you understand you're not out thinking Harley Quinn. And she's probably out thinking you and coming out ways to beat you. Remember, she's facing crazy odds all the time. She looks like she's overpowered, but yet she still wins. Let's see. She beat Wonder Woman again. Use that knockout gas, all that kind of good stuff that she wasn't expecting. She beat, if that's not enough, she beat Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman all at the same time. She was caught off guard. She's like, I got to think of a plan right now. They're coming for me. She took Wonder Woman's lasso, put it around Batman's neck, kind of held him hostage and said, Batman, I'll command you to kill yourself if everyone doesn't back off. So everyone did. He said, Bat- she said, Batman, do you have something to take out Superman? Do it now. So Batman takes out the kryptonite, takes out Superman. Somehow they take out Wonder Woman. She gets out. The whole point is she took out the Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman at the same time when she was caught by surprise. There's also someone by the name of Poison Ivy. Now, what's interesting, if you think of Poison Ivy, the way she moves, the way she traverses around, there's a plant holding her up in the air, almost like she's floating. Her plants protect her, put up like, you know, shields of roots or whatever in front of her so she doesn't get hit. They can grab onto something, almost like she was commanding through telekinesis, except the plants is doing it. Very similar capabilities to Jesse Faden, except she's using plants, plant life, and she's super powerful, connected to the green. Yeah, Harley Quinn knows how to beat her and has had a ton of experience fighting someone like that. Someone who's connected to nature, who's that guy, that other way of thinking, who can do all this crazy stuff. But the real example, which should answer Jason Kelly's question, and this is a horrible example. I didn't want to have to do this, but race to Canis, you brought this out of me. What if I told you there was an opponent, just like Thanos, within the DC universe that Harley Quinn took on? The answer is there is, or at least there was, there was a character very different from Thanos called Manos, M-A-N-O-S. And Manos had these gems, these stones that were able to shift reality and go back in time, pretty much identical to the Infinity Stones. Harley Quinn took him on and beat him. Now, she didn't physically overpower him, what have you. She was getting overpowered and then used her mind control or her IMF and toxic mind fog and her way about her craziness to get him to completely drop the shields where she got behind him somehow and got him to use those stones on himself, completely destroying himself. That is crazy. Look, misdirection is a huge part of what Harley Quinn can do. Sure, she can be pinned in the air. She'll be thrown around. As she's getting ragdolled, she's making funny comments. And all while that's happening, she's throwing gas bombs, Joker venom bombs, whatever it is. While Jesse's not seeing it, she's got a ton of ways to hit from a long distance, super powerful, and is taking on and beaten tougher opposition, who's way more powerful. Manos! Can you believe that? All of that is my point number three. That is a weird point. Like, much in the same way that Marvel Comics created, well, that was it, a Hyperion? So that way all of their uh, guys could dunk on Superman whenever they wanted to, and he became like, he's so strong and everybody beats him. Uh, DC Comics, I didn't even know about this character, Manos. There's almost nothing written about him. He shows up in Harley Quinn comics and does literally nothing but lose to her. It's kind of a joke comic. I would put nothing into that character whatsoever. And the Holy Trinity, I mean, James, you love to do this. You'll say, and somehow Harley Quinn won that fight. I'll tell you how she did it. She knew who all three of these characters were. She jumped into Wonder Woman's arms, grabbed the lasso when Wonder Woman grabbed her, hit Batman around the neck with it, grabbed, uh, forced him with the compulsion of the lasso to use kryptonite on Superman, and then Superman like uh, was weakened. Wonder Woman goes over to him, and she jumped out a window. 
She didn't even really beat him in a fight. She just got away. Now, how she still got away from Superman who could pursue her with Superman powers is bad, lazy writing. I'm not going to talk about that any further, but she didn't actually win that fight. She ran away in a who would win context. That's a loss. Meanwhile, I'm going to talk about the telekinesis. Look, she could throw these gas bombs. She's got debris. She could pick the gas bomb up and throw it away with the telekinesis. I have heard no answer for how the telekinesis is going to stop her in a one-on-one battle. And you talk about Harley Quinn using her words to control people. Jesse Faden is the director of the Federal Bureau of Control. She's not going to suffer any of this nonsense. She fights nightmare monsters on the reg. And you say, oh, Jesse Faden's been killed. Not in the canon version of Jesse Faden. When I play her, she dies all the time because I'm not very good at video games. But when Jesse Faden, the character, is out there, she's never died. That's just plain never happened. And then just talk about the anchor battle. It's a whole bunch of shifting shapes that is skyscraper sized that shoots out a cacophony of clocks at her. You think she's not ready for whatever weirdness Harley Quinn brings to the table? Jesse Faden's got this with the telekinesis. This is over before it starts. Jesse Faden is our winner. I just want to say I like cacophony of clocks. Felt fun to say. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it should be on a shirt. All right, Jason Kelly. You've heard three points from Race to Canis. You've heard three points from me. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Harley Quinn and Jesse Faden. Fellas, you've laid out some incredible arguments. You know, if this was a courtroom of law, you know, I, at this point, I wouldn't be 100% sure whether I'm judging for the plaintiff or the defendant. Uh, in this case, neither would be a defendant because they're both assault masters. So it'd be a ch- decision between two plaintiffs saying who's the baddest B on the block, right? And that's what it really boils down to. You've got Harley, again, the mistress of madness, and she's excellent at her craft. And she has dealt with variable DC character weapons. As you stated before, she's overcome all of these characters that she's fought in different incidences, uh, dodged bullets. She's superhuman power. She's got super strength, speed, reflexes, healing, durable as um, her insanity keeps her going, which means she does not stop. That's a dangerous position to be in and a powerful weapon to wield within herself all kinds of weapons that she's had thrown at her. The psychological edge is absolutely amazing. There's no questions asked. And then every argument that you made and the Manos thing, I mean, come on, man. Like, Manos is powerful, man. She's gone up against all of it. But then, on the other hand, you have Jesse. Telekinetic Federal Bureau of Control, and 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 she's battled mind control. She's battled people in the mind control field. She's got this telekinesis that literally sounds, for the most part, pretty pretty impenetrable. Her service weapon has the the ability to change and shift. It's rooted in the astral plane. Excalibur, Mjolnir, probably a lightsaber out there somewhere. She's got a badass weapon that tests you by suicide. So you got to qualify in order to wield it. That is amazing thing. She can kill at a distance. Powers and abilities are off the charts. There's a comment in there that I have highlighted that says Harley can't dodge forever. But Harley's always prepared, even in the moment. So it's a very difficult choice for me to make. But I'm going to boil it down to this. 
if Harley Quinn can get into close contact with Jesse Faith, Harley Quinn probably wins that battle because I don't think Jesse Faden's ever been touched. You remember the first time in Rocky IV, Rocky got clocked by Drago and realized, oh, not even that. Apollo Creed got hit by it. Apollo was out there dancing and playing. <laughs> jab, jab, cross. And then he got touched by Drago. When he realized he got touched by Drago, he went, oh, I'm going to fight. And I'm not ready for it. I'm ill-prepared. And unfortunately saw brother Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed, sacrifice his life in the ring in 1986. But I don't think that Jesse's telekinesis allows anybody to get close to her. And for that purpose and that reason alone, I got to give the fight to Jesse Faden. Also, she was the 2019 IGN Game of the Year and Character of the Year, and they nominated me. They nominated and won the award this year as the Character of the Year. So if IGN's right once, they're probably right multiple times. But you put up a great fight. You did. Jason, you have broken the streak. You prevented James from getting four in a row, and you have done a service to the community of who would win. Hated to do it. You said, can Darch, Harley dodge forever? She'd get beat simply because she can't overtake Jesse's mind. Exactly Her that. Physical you know, tactics and physical abilities can't overpower someone who can defend themselves at a distance and then deal with anything that gets close up and keep her from keep her at bay. Harley's best weapons have to connect. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I just simply don't think they can. You know, what's interesting about this. We we have this. I guess it's a who would win trope now. Like, you know, in a second encounter, I could see Harley Quinn winning Absolutely. because she figured it out. But y- you need to have that first fight to say, I am not prepared or my offense is not nailing it. And and by the way, this is the thing about Jesse Faden. She's got such a powerful mind that I'm not saying Harley Quinn couldn't break through, but it's not going to be easy and it's definitely not going to be immediate. Even when she did that with Batman and the Joker, it took quite a while to do it. I'm actually okay with this decision. You both made incredible arguments. You I really sure did. did. I and sure it did. Just, you did. You really did. And it Henry was here. It's just, you know, when you, the, 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 the one thing that I highlighted the most was, can Harley adapt in the moment when she holds back from fighting women? And I don't think she's really holding back from fighting women. She's studying how her opponent fight this is why i'm glad i'm not debating you on a weekly basis good sir this is good race to canis congratulations you broke the winning streak uh you had a great character represent you did um an adequate job luckily jason was here to pick up the slack how do you feel knowing that you were down three zero and now you're just down three to one you say that as if i didn't win the first the last three before (laughs) you won three in a row nice this is how james gavsey uh references the past as i see him do so often in his battles look I came into this feeling pretty confident. I knew Harley Quinn was unpredictable, but I also knew Jesse Faden, of any character I could take, is ready to handle the unpredictable with overwhelming force. Now, at the end of the day, I'm very unhappy with how nervous I felt at the end during that decision because I legitimately felt that there was a chance that Harley Quinn might actually pull this off, and I was prepared to be very unhappy for a myriad of reasons. But none of that came to be. This is a wonderful decision by a wonderful performer. Check out episode three of Reclaim Detroit and hear what happens when I share the stage with Jason E. Kelly. Fellas, <laughs> telling you, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. 
It's always a blast to be on who would win. You know, James, if he had simply said, this is who she beat the first time she fought her and was convincing about it. You had an uphill battle. You had an uphill battle from the beginning, James, and I commend you. Thank you. For your efforts and your word swagger to convey a plausible case. It was plausible. For Miss Harley Quinn, the mistress of madness, to win this fight against Jesse Faden, the director of the Federal Bureau of Control. Everyone's listening. Check out Patreon. Become a member. And you'll hear my next project that I'm going to pitch to Jason. And I think uh, I think you're going to go for it. I think you're going to really like it. Yeah, I think you're a perfect match for it. All right. With that being said, Jason, you did a great job today. All joking aside, I wish I got the win. But, you know, you can't argue with genius uh, and such as yours. And you just laid it down very logically. I love the details. I love the amount of notes you took. The storytelling aspect of your decision was absolutely uh, magnificent. Good, sir, is all I got to say. Please come back on the Who Would Win show. And until that time, tell our fan base, the Legion of Audience, where they can find you. Yo, Legion of Audience, what's up? You can find me on the socials at jasonkelly.jk on, I think that's IG, and at jasonkelly underscore JK on Twitter. If you go there and you don't realize that you're not finding me, just switch the dot and the underscore and you'll find me. <laughs> it is jasonkelly underscore JK on Twitter. Thank you. And you can also find me on at streamily com slash Jason Kelly. And uh, you can go out there, buy some merch, and we'll do some signings of some of the stuff that you guys purchased from all of the uh, IP that I've been in. And, uh, you know, let's go out here and have some fun, man. I mean, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this virtual digital lifestyle that we're having right here. And I appreciate <laughs> you guys letting me be a part of it. We appreciate you. And uh, we need you to be part of this more often. All right, race to Canis. Congratulations on, uh, again, being three and one. The reason why I'm saying that, Ray, is because when you won three in a row, how many people were like, go for that fourth in a row, Ray? That would be zero. But when I won two in a row, people were like, come on, James, get that third. And then I won three in a row. People were coming around, come on, let's go. So in my opinion, it's really three to one. And uh, congratulations on that one win. Listen, I deserve this win. I've been, again, wanting to rep Jesse Faden for about two and a half years. And let this be a lesson to the board let this be a lesson to James Gavsey. When I first say there's a character I want to rep, let me have them right away. Because I've had two and a half years to prepare for this battle, and I was ready to go. Now listen, yes, James won three in a row. We don't talk about the past. I'm a different person than I was back then. What I would want to say right now is, I thought I couldn't be a bigger fan of Jason Kelly. After all of the great comedy that we used to do back in the day, after seeing the great success that he's had with the BAFTA Awards and the, the Death Loop, which is like a really, really awesome game that he is just the absolute knockout star of. All the way to Reclaim Detroit Episode 3. Yes, I'm going to plug it again because I have to because that's the mode I'm in right now. And then he gives me the win on the Who Would Win show to prevent Samurai Jack from being on the show. Jason, you can have my firstborn. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Yes, for the first time this month, we're going to be doing hashtag Victory Friday on Twitter. Find me there. We're going to be celebrating control. We're going to be celebrating video games in general. We're going to be celebrating Jason E. Kelly, and we're going to be celebrating Reclaim Detroit. Honestly, I think you're going to, if you like me, if you tolerate me and you like Jason, 
you're really going to like episode three of the show. What's my character's name on the show? Your character's name on the show is Bruce. Like Bruce Wayne, like Batman. Sure. Listen to me as Batman. Listen, I don't want to say I was thinking that when I cast you. Bruce. You got Bruce Banner and Bruce Wayne all in one. It's James Gavsey also in episode three. But we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. All right. It's, you know, listen, this is bitter. But again, I, I, uh, Jason just laid it out so well that uh, I can't argue with it. It's all good. And I'm okay with it. It's a hard fought battle and a good judge. Even with Ray being here, I'm still okay with the outcome. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sikanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts.